You're listening to Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, and our co-host, Alex Gary. Plus, today we have Gloria Cardenas Cudia. She's founder and past president of Salsa Business Network, plus she's been a owner and very active in the Rockford community. Gloria, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So the I salsa, love it. so the Salsa Business Network. Tell us what what made you start the Salsa Business Network. Well, my entire adult life, people have asked me, "How do we connect with a Latino market?" And my response is, "We're here. You know, we're just all over the place. You don't have to reach. You just reach across the street here." And uh, but again, my entire adult life, people have asked me how to do that. And one time, I finally said, "You know, I." We need to do something. So I called my brother Armando. He and my nephews own an insurance company. In fact, they have the, if I can mention it, the affordable insurance uh, business. Okay. It's uh, at the, uh, Newburgh and Alpine. All right. And uh, so they've been self-employed for years. And uh, I called Armando and I said, you know, Armando, we need to do something about this because he gets asked the same question. And so we decided to come up with a, uh, a networking opportunity for not just Latinos. In fact, that's why we call it Salsa, because a suggestion came up, call it the Hispanic Business Network or Latino Business Network. And I thought, you know, if we do that, it'll put up a barrier because, right. because people will. And in fact, we even Some get people that. will be turned away from that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Impo- the important part of it was that it would put up a barrier because people would say, oh, it's for Latinos. It's right. for Hispanics. But salsa, everybody can relate to salsa. The food, the music, and the dance. <laughs> Taco it's diverse. Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's diverse. In fact, even Seinfeld mentioned salsa on his show. So I figured, <laughs> you know, everybody can relate to that. So that was started 12 years ago now? Mm-hmm. It'll be 12 years in November that we've been around. We meet every month, first Friday, for lunch. Yeah. And uh, we decided on a Friday because we figured if anybody decides on a margarita, they can play hooky the rest oh, of the day Oh, <laughs> the there weekend. we go. That's, that. now that's, yeah, okay. That's the fun part. That makes sense. That makes well. sense, yeah. I, I, I always love the explanations of why people have things on certain days. You know, you send an email on this day and, yeah. so, you know, everybody checks it on that day. Yeah. And, and so you've got the Friday afternoon off thing if you have a margarita. If everybody wants. Yeah, it's up to them. That's, so. that's pretty so smart. So 12 years ago, that's Facebook's just getting off the ground. You know, things like meetup.com isn't around. So how did you get the word out? We just uh, started talking to people. In fact, that's that's my kind of my expertise. In fact, um, I when I worked at the Rockford Park District for about 20 years, I was a commissioner for as well for a couple of years prior to that. And that was the reason Webbs Norman hired me, because he wanted me to do outreach and communication to the diverse community out there. And so uh, we just, you know, face-to-face. I mean, to me, I love that best. That's why I love salsa and any networking opportunity like your Million Cups because um, it gives us a chance to, you know, connect face-to-face. I mean, I love all this modern technology, but, uh, you know, you build trust and respect by getting to see each other, you know, look into each other's eyes, and uh, then you know whether you're going to do business with somebody or not, you know, a lot of times, so... So, yeah, we just went door to door and, you know, talked, called how, some friends. How many people showed up to the first one? You know what? We had a great turnout. I would say, well, for being the very first one, I would think we had like about 45 or 50 people. Wow. Because mostly, I mean, we know a lot of business people. That's the field we're in. And my brother and, and the people that we called, that's what they do. And But we didn't want to limit it to just business people. We, in a way, you know, professionals as well, like um, uh, Luz, at the time, I think it was Marco Lenas was the director of La Voz Latina. 
He's, you know, anybody who's in a not-for-profit always connects with business people, whether it's for sponsorships or to be on boards and things like that. So, I mean, it was easy. It was easy to just find the business people, professionals, and just say, hey, you know, come and have lunch with us and then meet some people, pass out your cards, and yeah, went over really well. And it seemed like there was probably a vacuum, uh, kind of this gap in the marketplace then that there's no networking group available for Latinos. Exactly. And uh, and again, part of it, it wasn't just for Latinos, because I had the same questions from the Latino community. Gloria, help us connect with the Caucasian community. Hmm. What about the, the African-American community? Because yeah. everybody, I mean, just using those three samples of, of ethnic backgrounds, they want to connect. It's about making money, you know, and I'm not ashamed to say I want to make money. Don't we all? I mean, that's we want to make a profit. You don't want to, you know. This yeah. prosperity mentality versus poverty mentality. And so it just is all combined. So. Well, and But you see groups come and go, like mm-hmm. an effort to come along, and it'll be good for a couple of years, and they'll fade away and something else come along. Right. So to keep something going for 12 years, how are you able to do that? Well, you know, I think one of the key things, and, and this goes back maybe 15, 16 years ago, is when my brother, again, my brother Armando and I were... We're both Aries, you know. Not that I believe a lot in astrology and stuff, but I'm an um, Aries. Jason, what are you? I am not an Aries. I think I'm a Sagittarius. Are you? I'm December. <laughs> Is that a good thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't ever follow that. But yeah, I, don't, I don't either. I don't, I, yeah. I don't really know. But, but let's call yeah. it. Let's say it's I'm first time. It's first time we've had a horoscope discussion. On- <laughs> What works podcast? So. Well, the reason I mention it is because, you know, I come from, there are six of us, brothers and sisters. Well, there's five of us now. But uh, all my other, bro- my other, I have three brothers right now and, uh, and a sister. And I always say I have four brothers, actually. Three live in Rockford and one lives in heaven because the one who died uh, was killed in the war in Vietnam when he was 20 back in 66. But Armando and I are are closer in, I mean, he is, so, he's the one that basically got me involved in the community. Armando was the first director of La Voz Latina back in 1972. And being his little sister, you know, Gloria, can you help us out? We're going to have a fundraiser and I need somebody to help decorate, you know, clean up committee, whatever. That's how you start, you know. And so I called him and I said, Armando, you know, we need to, to do something. And and back in, in, in like 15 years ago or so prior to Salsa, we had talked about, you know, we're getting on in years because we've been involved in the community since the 70s. That's why I thought I'd bring that up. And we said, you know, we need to kind of groom our own. We need to start talking to some of these younger people, some of these young Latinos that are going to Rock Valley and are moving on to, you know, Western Illinois, Northern Illinois, going into college and, and you know, coming back. We need to groom them to be the leaders because you and I don't want to be here forever either. And that's working. In fact, our current president is Cesar Sanchez. And Cesar is with uh, Alpine Bank, which is Midland, Midland now. Midland yes. Yeah. And yep. he's our current president. I mean, you know. I, I don't look at him as a kid, but anybody under forty to me is uh, so. He's I mean, still a kid. That's still awesome. A kid. I'm forty. Are I'm, you on there? I'm almost. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm forty nine. So oh. once you hit fifty, right then under forty, I'm forty. Hard, so hard to, I'm hard to relate with them. Is that how it works? <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> if I was thirty nine, though, hey, I'd you made it over the adult age. That's good. There you go. Well, and and again, that that's part of it is the fact that we keep um, we keep looking for these younger people and connecting with them. And uh, reminding them, because some of them are involved in not-for-profits, trying to raise funds. And, I, you know, we always ask the question, you know, especially if they're looking for work. I'll tell you, my mom is the one who inspired me to get into the business world because she always, and my dad as well, who always said, you know, if, they, if, they, if nobody wants to give you a job or hire you, start your own business because you can always make money and live. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped to think, I mean, not that I want to regress forever, but when I was, I grew up in Texas in a little town called Uvalde, Texas. And I, my, we had home-based businesses, and I didn't know that that's what they were until my adult life. My mom used to sell snow cones in the summer off of our front porch. She would buy a block of ice and a little scraper thing and some, you know, some of that sweetener, and she'd sell them for a nickel. I mean, and here, here I was just a kid, you know, grade school, and she was bringing money in, you know. And then my brothers are all musicians, and they had a band, you know, Tex-Mex music, rock and roll, whatever they needed at the time, weddings, dances. They played every weekend, and they brought money in. And I thought, wow, that's cool. I mean, you know, I used to, I just didn't realize that that, that was a home-based business until I grew up. But that's how, you know, we made some of our income growing up in Texas. And so um, I guess that kind of made me realize how valuable being self-employed is. And, you know, you make your own hours, you, you know, it's a lot of work sometimes, especially if like, as a, I, I listed on here that I'm a wedding minister, and I'm just actually re- trying to retire, but I get a call from a niece or nephew, <laughs> you know, Aunt Gloria, please, you know, I've been engaged for so long, can you, what I'm trying to do, here's the deal, and not that I want to go into too many different subjects, but again, I, um, For my entire uh, adult life, as I said, people have asked me how to reach the Latino market. But at the same time, there are so many needs out there for the Latino community that I felt I could fill. And uh, one of the things was I became an ordained minister in 2003. And the reason I did that is because I would go to weddings and things and and they say, oh, this is so pretty or whatever. And gosh, I, I got married in a courthouse. I didn't even understand what they said to me. This is in Spanish from some of the brides, some of the grooms. Uh, or some of the visitors that were at these weddings. And I thought, you know, somebody ought to be doing these weddings for, you know, with a spiritual side, with a blessing side. And I thought, why not me? So one of my, during one of my morning prayer times, I felt the call to do that, to have a wedding ministry. And, uh, and so I said, well, is it a ministry or is it a business? Well, it's both. A business can be your ministry. So I started a, a little, opened up a little wedding chapel, and uh, oh my gosh, I was just so busy because not only did I do weddings in English, but I did them in Spanish as well. And uh, in in the Latino community, we have what's what's called a, a quinceañera, which is like a coming out party for a fifteen year old girl. And what was happening is that um, some of these young uh, these young families would go to a church or or whether it was Catholic or Protestant. And sometimes they didn't know what that was, and so I, and they asked if I would do a ceremony, and I said, sure. So I would do them in parks, or I would do them, you know, in churches or whatever, and uh, and it's just my business just went berserk. It went crazy, and I mean, it just really did well, and... I don't know how, how should I how could I explain it? Right. It's just uh, there was that need, and there are so many needs out there. Well, for, you know, so I have a question because yes. you're going to come into one million cups and you're going to give a presentation on how to reach the Hispanic market. An interesting thing about the Hispanic community is they are very it's very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. So if you're a business and you're trying to reach a Hispanic community, you're you're probably competing with Hispanic-owned businesses who might kind of have a lock or... So, you know, how do you... If I'm a business owner, how do I 
break into that market? Well, it, it depends on, uh, well, it's like anything else. The Latino community has the same needs as everybody else. I mean, we need cars, you know, we need insurance, we need all those. The, the I think the biggest factor is, again, going back to that face-to-face is building that trust and respect. In fact, I have a, a list of strategies that I applied at the Rockford Park District when I was trying to reach the, the diverse market out there on behalf of the Park District. In other words, um, You know, let me give you a couple of examples that I just kind of jotted down uh, of things that I did. We have a lot of literature at the Park District, you know, like tennis lessons and, and, you know, that we give out. But it was like, okay, how do we reach the Laotian community, the Vietnamese community, the Latino community? That was that was a piece of cake for me because I'm I'm in both worlds, the Latino, Caucasian in general. But I'll tell you, I would put. At one particular time, I put together a little uh, packet of information, and I went to the Laotian community over by Kishwaukee School. I went door to door, and I talked to the people. In fact, I even went in the phone book, and I looked up, um, I looked up under a Vietnamese Laotian like businesses, you know. And so I went on Broadway, and I talked to some of the business owners there, and to tell them about the park district, and they had no idea what the park district was or does. In fact, even some of the English-speaking people didn't know. They would ask it, oh, Magic Waters belongs to the Park District? It was just an educational opportunity for me. But the business owner can do the same thing. Depends on what they're offering. Um, My son-in-law sells cars, and he's a finance guy over at Windsor Auto. And, I mean, he's just going everywhere. Everywhere he goes, you know, people, oh, Joe, what do you do? Gives him his card. But I think one of the key things that I would say for anybody who's in the business community is get into the business in the Hispanic community. For instance, a lot of folks don't realize that there are a lot of fiestas in town. And I mean, just get out there to them. I mean, let me ask you this. If you sold, if you had a product or a service that was for teenagers, what would you do? Where would you go? You would go to the, maybe to the skate parks, the video game parks, or maybe the mall. That's where the ki- the kids hang out. You would go where your market is. And so, again, I just go back to the, uh, um, the face-to-face. But in the technology area, there are so many. In fact, I made a list for myself to make sure I wouldn't forget. Online, there are several groups that are Hispanic-oriented. For instance, well, the simple one is Salsa Business Network. I mean, you can go, we have a Facebook page. People can post things in there. In fact, we do get uh, all kinds of responses there. But then there's also the Coalition of Latino Leaders. That is, and I guess these are some of the br- groups groups that are, um, that are here in, in Rockford that can kind of give you an idea. The Coalition of Latino Leaders is made up of the leaders in the different organizations. In other words, Luz Ramirez, who's with La Voz Latina, and then some of these other organizations church pastors that come to this organization, organizational meetings to connect because we want to make sure the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. The coalition started about, I want to say maybe five or six years ago, because there were two Hispanic organizations that wanted to have a fiesta on the same day at the same park. They called the park district and wanted the showmobile tents and whatever, you know, the usual. And, you know, I had already retired and I got a call from the park district, Gloria, do you know this lady? Do you know this gentleman? They both want the equipment. What do we do? And it's I like s- that movie about the two the two um, women who are getting married. <laughs> 
and they, oh, they yeah. ended up wanting they ended up wanting mm. to get married the same day, and it became this big war. I, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Um, but but you know, in in answer to your question, is these events are out there already? In fact, uh, there's a, a Sundays in the Park, Domingos en el Parque, which is an event that's held out at Levings Park. Um, three, I think once a month and there's Spanish entertainment, music, dancers, all kinds of, and it gets filled with people. So in other words, you have to get out of your comfort zone exactly. if you want to sell the Hispanic community. Because I mean, I've, I, honestly, how many, how many Caucasians do you see at these events? Not you, not a whole lot usually, mm-hmm. but that goes back to my point earlier. If you're trying to reach teenagers with a service or a product, where would you go? Where the teenagers are? You want to reach the Latino community? You go where they are. It's the same thing. I mean, it's like right now with, with all this Obamacare and Medicare and things going on, you're looking for seniors. Where do you go? You go to the bingo halls, maybe. Maybe you go to a high rise mm-hmm. or you go where your market is. And a lot of times it goes back to what you just said. Yes, get out of your comfort zone. It, sales is scary mm-hmm. in any way. You know, just read, just trying to talk to somebody that speaks English already anyway, that can be scary. But if you believe, you know how it is. I mean, I'm probably preaching to the choir. But if you believe in your product, you're excited and passionate about what you offer, then, you know, you're going to get out there. It's kind of like when I became a minister. Okay, how do I find brides and grooms? Well, I, you know, if I was out shopping at the grocery store, the cashier was ringing up my well, now I can do it myself, but I mean, you know, as they're, you know, you know, writing up my, my, you know, checking me in with the milk and the butter or whatever, I'd look to see if they had a ring on. If they did, then, yeah, well, I guess I'd pass them up. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. They have sisters. They have cousins, you know. And I said, well, if you ever know of anybody that's looking for a wedding minister, here's my card. And by George, and even grandmas that I would see somewhere, I would, I would say, oh, hey, I just started a business, and I'm a wedding minister now, and I'd give out my card. And I had somebody say, well, why are you giving it to grandmas? You know, I don't know. Well, because they have granddaughters, right. you know, and they have grandsons. <laughs> and so I figured there had to be a connection somewhere, and that's how that started. So and, you seem very driven to, to connect people together uh-huh. to kind of unlock opportunities for um for their businesses. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, and I and I think that's part of what Salsa is about, is yeah. uh, is doing exactly that, just like what you're doing here, is not only do you introduce them to what you're offering here, but also to each other, because right. you're filling a need that's out there. You it, know? It's still a battle, though, to get, I, you hate to call it tribes, but it's still a battle to get uh, African Americans to come to one of cups. We had a good... In February, we had, I think, three African-American speakers, and we had a good African-American crowd. And then since then, we have Julian who comes, um, but, you know, they've kind of drifted away. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to get any of the salsa people to come other than yourself. And, you know, I, I go to the salsa thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done a good job with salsa. It's probably 40% Hispanic and then the rest mm-hmm. um, Caucasian. But that, it, it, is, it is a struggle to get people out of their comfort zone to yeah. go to different places exactly and it's a, and it, it is because um even it, to your point it is for every ethnic background you know for for the 
as you mentioned before, I mean, how many Caucasians actually go to a fiesta on the West Side? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like... I've never been to one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And in fact, I was just at a birthday party Saturday or Sunday afternoon after a, a fam- family picnic. Um, Mr. Jesus Medrano, he was the uh, president of the Latin American Baseball League for years. It was uh, his birthday. I remember that. I talked to him for a few years. Did yep. you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he, it was his 65th birthday. So here we're talking Medicare again. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, potential. And, I mean, he had it at the Mexican Club on South Central. I mean, the Mexican Club's been around here since 1934, I think, or something like that. He had the the yard, because there's a nice little lawn there. It was packed full of people. In fact, I took a couple pictures. But um, it was packed full of people. And uh, the uh, Sundays in the Park event that's coming up at Levings, I I don't know if it's... And I think it's in a couple of Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my church, in fact, I just moved to a different church, is my pastor is David Aguilar. And he's a, a pastor who's been in the, uh, in the business for, uh, for over 20 years. He's from Honduras originally, fluent in both English and Spanish. So he's been having his church services for about 20 years in Spanish. But uh, he called me a few weeks ago and he said, Gloria, can I meet with you? I said, Sure. We met, and he was saying, you know, we just started an English service, and it's at 9 o'clock, and if you could ever stop over, I'd love to have you and Frank stop by, my husband. So we did. In fact, so we joined, because my husband, being Sicilian-American, doesn't speak Spanish, so I never went to any of the Spanish-language church services unless I went on my own. And uh, But we started going, and Pastor David does an amazing job. But here's the other thing. They just started an outreach service as well at Levings Park on Sundays, or Saturdays rather, at 4 o'clock, they do ministry in the parks. And it's bilingual, both English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some of what they've done is they've took uh, flyers and distributed them at all like in the two or three block radius. And that's what we used to do at the park district. Mm-hmm. Whenever we were going to uh, replace a playground uh, like equipment because it was old, you know, you don't want to be a neighbor looking across the street at the park and the playground's coming down right. and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So we would notify, we'd distribute flyers door to door for the a three block radius and say, this playground is coming down. You know, it's not safe anymore. We're going to put up another, another one or whatever. Um, when we were going to have something new, we'd have groundbreaking ceremonies and hot dogs we'd cook out there and we'd go door to door and talk to the people and tell them to come out. I have a question though. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we avoid politics on this show. Oh, true. Okay. Um, but it would be fair to say that the atmosphere with immigration is different the last couple of years than mm-hmm. it's been in the past. So has that changed? Um, has that made uh, Hispanics more guarded when people try? To reach out to them because we have just kind of a different conversation on, um, you know, the the value of immigration. Um, I don't. I I think maybe right now it's at a higher level because the media has really focused on it, and uh, because of the immigration discussion. But I mean, everything that's going on, whether it's with ICE or anything, has been going on for years. Only now, I think there's a little bit more emphasis on the media and 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 in. On the internet, where there, um, uh, the public really, the Latino community has really is really in tune with what's going on. As far as reaching them, uh, you know, do they trust? Feel as, is it is there as welcoming? 
it, or is there a guardedness now? Uh, I don't know that it's called a guardedness. It just goes back to to um, to basic human nature. Again, if I were to tell you, Alex, I have a friend. Her name is Maria. Maria Gonzalez, and she's interested in what you're doing. Maria would be open to visiting with you, even though uh, she doesn't know you. But again, it's because of the trust in myself. It's the same thing. If you were trying to reach somebody, isn't it? I mean, I guess I don't want to call it name dropping, but I guess that's what it is. With you know, that opens doors. You always need some sort of intro from exactly. somebody who's trusted in right, that area. because you're going to trust their judgment, and um, and then there you go. That there there you make that connection with somebody that otherwise would not you know mm-hmm. connect with you. So, that answer your question. Yeah, kind of so. sort of. Yeah, yeah. So, so for a business owners looking to. Um, either either break into or communicate with the Hispanic market or, or somebody who's in the Hispanic um, market who's who wants to break into, you know, communicate mm-hmm. with outside of there. What, what's maybe boiled up into maybe three recommendations? Well, I would say the first thing would be to, there are some established organizations in place okay. and that's where it starts. Yeah. For instance, um, this morning when we were at um, the uh, Tabala Tower for the Facebook uh, Boom Your Business, Boom your boost, bus- boost your business. Boost. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say boom your business. Yeah. Um, I saw a friend of mine, Francisca Amador. Francisca is with Black Hawk Bank, and uh, she had attended Salsa for the longest time. So I would say the first thing to do would be to go to some of these networking groups because, uh, and I would recommend Salsa, you know, because that's where the connection starts. You, it isn't just like me, but when you go to a Salsa meeting, you meet somebody like Cesar who is connected totally with the Latino market in just from the banking perspective. And there are other folks there that, that one person, I mean, how many of, how many people would you be connected? If I were to say to you, Alex, I would really like to connect with the Caucasian males in the community. How many would you know? Thousands. Same thing with me. Gloria, I want to connect with the Latino community. You know, how many does Gloria know? Thousands. Right. And, uh, uh, and that's where it starts, from one to one to one. So go to a networking community or c- group, and then what, what's the next actionable step? Um, well, find out what's online. Okay. What's online? Okay. Right. And for instance, I jotted down a couple things. For instance, there's an a online group called Business Compadres. And Business Compadres is uh, open to anybody. A lot of postings are in Spanish by business owners. There's also another one called Tianguis. Tianguis, T-I-A-N-G-U-I-S. Tianguis basically means like an open market, okay, open air market. And Tianguis, uh, Rockford and Loves Park, there's one, and there's one from Tianguis Beloit, and you can post things for sale just like you do the Facebook marketplace. People sell things, you know, they're selling things, connecting mm-hmm. with each other, offering their services and stuff like that. So that would okay. be the second. The third thing would be that connect with the local media, Spanish language media sources that we have. A lot of people don't realize that we do have two Spanish language weekly newspapers. El Tiempo, you probably do because you're in that area. Well, I know Ricardo, Ricardo Siguera, uh-huh. who's... who's uh, El Sol. Mm-hmm. The, yep. El Sol de Rockford, which means the sun, S-O-N, mm-hmm. of Rockford. And the other one is El Tiempo, 
which is the Times. Oh, that's been around for a while. Yes. And that's, yeah, I don't know who's behind that one, but I know the, it's been around The for owner a while. is Kerlin Fernandez, Kerlin, mm-hmm. K-E-R-L-I-N. And El Tiempo means, it could mean the time or el, uh, el Tiempo is the weather. It could mean that too, but I think it means the time. So those are the two. Plus, there are also a couple of online radio programs, La Bamba. And I can't remember the other one right off the top of my head. But um, there are also like his, uh, a Hispanic Republican group, and there's also a uh, uh, Latinos for Political Progress, which is, covers both political parties. I guess what I'm saying is there are other groups out there that that would yep. be that would be the other connection so besides you, a business networking. So group. it seems to me the common thing, common the commonality for all this is that you you think just get your get your face out there start meeting people start talking to them whether it's uh in person which mm-hmm. i think you highly value or online online exactly um, and and just just get yourself into the community and, and and begin your begin your communication about the thing that you're doing exactly and that's why yeah. salsa is there yeah. because if if the people are are hesitant about going to the latino market then go there where it's a safe comfortable yeah. and besides you eat good food and you mm-hmm. know stuff like that and from there, the connections grow. So, well, and, and you have a lot of connections. Um, I'm just reading off your paper, Rockford. You know, you served as Rockford Park District Commissioner. You were elected the Rockford School Board. Uh, oh, that was fun. Illinois State Representative in the 67th <laughs> District. You ran for mayor, chosen Rockford Woman of the Year in 2010. Uh, wedding minister, retired marketing manager from Rockford Park District. Uh, very connected, very well known. Uh, I think everybody in the area knows you, and those folks outside the area. Um, uh, probably have a lot to learn, uh, you know, oh, from my goodness, yes. from from your storied history here. Um, well, well, Gloria, thanks for being on the What Works podcast. Um, any any last parting thought that you want to give our listeners? You know what? I think the main thing I would encourage everybody to think about is that the Latino market is a trillion dollar market. I mean, the yeah. Latinos do have money to spend, yeah, and they're looking for the same products and services that we're all looking for. Even even in the political world, I mean, we want right. best education for our kids, jobs, and things like that. But training, you know, there's mm-hmm. a myth out there that Latinos don't want to learn English, which is far from the truth, hmm. and that they don't want to speak English. But one thing that the Latino community has come to realize is that English is the business language. So a lot of people may hesitate to go into a Spanish language, uh, you know, store or restaurant, but you'll notice that the waitresses all speak English. Mm -hmm. And so does the person, the cashier. In 2010, when I was doing the census stuff with Joel Cowan, um, in the Rockford market, all of the population gains in 2010 were because of the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of whites and blacks hadn't grown at all. Yeah. And we've seen population declines in the last eight years because immigration has slowed. Mm-hmm. And, we're, again, and, and the white and black community here is not growing. So you know, that's, that is a market that if you really want to you know, take off, you need mm-hmm. to reach. Exactly. When I started in television, uh, I started as a secretary in 1981 for WIFR-TV for Dennis West, the president general manager. One of the first things I said to him, I said, Dennis, why don't we have any Spanish businesses or Hispanic businesses advertising with us because the Hispanic community business businesses are exploding in the era. This is in the 80s, what was mind his you. And he says, well, let's do it. And so there it's like, there I am out there. I said, but wait, I'm supposed to be a secretary, <laughs> not sales. But not that I was in sales, but I mean, yeah. I was out there connecting with the folks and yeah. con- introducing our salespeople to the, the Latino business owners. And that's how we got some advertisers. That's how it works. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining us this evening. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs>